gamers together now have the sheer magnitude to be a significant unifying force for the world. If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. You are almost a jibble sandwich. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? Be better. Check this out. Hello, 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 and welcome everybody to the 346th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. I'm your single humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8Bits. And joining me, as is my favorite tradition here, on our favorite things episode of 2023, is my podcast, Ride or Die. She is back in the saddle. You can find her on them socials at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, how the bloody hell are you? I'm back. Hi, hi, hi. Watch me fumble learning how to podcast, being away for yeah, over over half a year, a bit, and some change maybe. I reckon it's just going to be like riding a bike. You're just going to be straight back on that saddle and you're going to be doing monos and popping bunny hops audibly, of course, in the podcast form. It's going to mm-hmm. be just like old times. But, uh, just like old times. Yeah, it's, it's been um, it's been six months away. They do say the distance makes the heart grow fonder. And my heart is very fond knowing that we've got Miss Heart back here to, uh, to podcast. So thank you for taking some time out of your schedule. It's all right. It's all right. It's 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 dark outside. <laughs> and it's it's not actually that late. We were in this like weird time now over here where it's like daylight savings and it's like dark at five PM in the evening. So but yeah, like if there's an episode that I wanted to make work, it's talking about things that I love. So I'm glad to kind of be back. It's I've had some kind of um it's kind of funny going from like every week being able to kind of talk about things that you like and interests and stuff till just like I have no one to tell this to. Like I tell my partner, about it. I tell my husband, like you know, only so much he can hear. And then it's like, oh, you know, I, I used to be able to <laughs> really voice myself. I reckon just start like opening the front door in the morning and and sort of doing a big big battle cry out, and be like, I watched this or I played this. Well, what do you think? And see what reaction you get back. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll get quite a reaction back. But like, even in my workspace, I don't have anyone to talk to about stuff. There's, oh, oh, women don't want to talk about that sort of stuff. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna condense and fit it all in this episode to get ready. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, listeners, this is our favorite things episode for 2023, and this isn't just favorite things that have come out in the calendar year. It's favorite things that we've seen or encountered or discovered for the first time in 2023 so if you hear us mention certain films or games or whatever else you go oh brendan you're full of shit that came out in 2020 or whatever just just put the pitchforks away it's just things that we've experienced for the first time in the past 12 months so it's we're going to be just talking about yeah the things that we uh we now love that we didn't either know existed or didn't take the time to check out so uh, it's going to be a nice fun cruisy casual discussion where we don't really have any drops tied up we're just going to sort of weave through a couple of segments and talk life and games and everything else in between the a plus student in me i actually kept everything that was in this year <laughs> well there you go I, I'm, the I'm, I'm the person that, that's let the podcast down here but i think like looking looking at my list 
I think everything might be this year as well. So yeah, I, I think you've done pretty well. Yeah. This... All right. Well, well, there you go. Forget everything I just said the last couple of minutes because we're just talking about things from 2023 apparently. So uh, I'm learning as we go. And, and I guess we could start with uh, just broader lens stuff and talk about, you know, yeah. the favorite things that we've done or experienced in 2023. So where do you want to start with this conversation? I mean, this is the video game and pop culture podcast, so let's just talk. I got to go to Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. I was in there. I got to walk around. I got to experience it. I got to experience it at its probably lowest point. (laughs) (laughs) Right in the middle of strikes and everything like that. So a lot of people were uh, bailing out. Um, But it was great. It's probably good for someone who has... Uh, anxieties like me especially in crowded places so it was a good way to kind of introduce me into comic-con and um yeah it was a great experience like um I can see a lot of similarities to all other conventions but it's obviously on a grander scale um I got to do a bunch of um exhibits and fun things there was a fun Diablo exhibit that I got to experience where you go into church and you know, kind of have a <laughs> get yelled at by a priest. Um, but <laughs> <Right-o>. <laughs> yeah, Comic Con. Um, and I am so happy I got to see um, Critical Role. They had a panel. So I was absolutely ecstatic that I got to see Critical Role live. So um, yeah, it was great. It was lots of fun. I got to see the cosplayers too, some incredibly talented cosplayers out there. Um, oddly enough, at Comic-Con, I met Claudio Sanchez from Coheed and Cambria, and he was absolutely lovely. But yeah, Comic-Con was like an experience, and I'm already set up to go again next year. I don't know why my brain had to think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm going next year. So <laughs> because it is sort of the mecca, right, as far as conventions goes, like SDCC mm. is, I think, the biggest as far as a not only a square footage, but also just people attending this event. Like, you know, PAX in America and PAX here in Australia, like they're huge and, and very big grand spectacles, but I don't think it can sort of compete directly with an SDCC where Comic-Con is just a giant gargantuan monster, right? It really is like because it doesn't just stay within the like convention halls. Like Comic-Con spreads out all through San Diego and the streets and in like bars and other like in car parks. Like it just absolutely takes over like that, that, that particular point of San Diego and it's just it's such a global event of like international uh, visitors and just people from everywhere just coming together to experience all the cool things of pop culture and a lot of shopping, a lot of purchases. Um, (laughs) Definitely, definitely uh, make sure you save a lot of money going in there as well, because there's some cool shit. There's some really cool stuff, but expensive after a while. Did you, uh, did you throw some money down? Did you see like a piece? Oh, I have to have that. Like it was your Eleanor. Did you you grab something? So I had like a few rules that like, I wanted to like, few things that I want to tick off and um it was uh by a statuette of some variety like a comic book statuette by a uh perverted statuette mm-hmm. um and then support artist alley and um I was able to get I actually got a few different like figurines and stuff like that I got a really cool um DC like scarecrow figurine um I also got a amazing piece of artwork um in artist alley of poison ivy and bane 
Um, it's a gorgeous piece. However, I could not for the life of me find crude <laughs> statuettes. I tried. Me, me, like There was a group of us. Like It was like this adventure where we were trying to find like raunchy items. And we couldn't find any. And we could, like barely, you know, scratches the surface of raunchiness. So I guess they really were trying to keep uh, keep it as PG as possible. Mm, it's a shame that uh, like I, I can envision a reality show called like the Smut Hunters and you guys just oh, travel around trying up. to find the most lewd and raunchy things. And, and it is a shame yeah. that San Diego Comic-Con sort of dropped the ball a little bit there because yeah, over here, down. those little naughty statues and figurines are everywhere. Like you go to... Crunchyroll Expo, I was at like with PAX recently. There was there was titties on display all over the place and willingly able to be purchased by someone that was eight years old right through to 80. Yes, sir, I want the big boobies. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I was pretty shocked, but I mean, hey, let's like let's keep something wholesome, right? Like, so there's other places I can find this stuff. It was just mm-hmm. just a shame it I wasn't able to tick off all the things that I had, all my goals. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I obviously want to go back again and, uh, now do it all around now that I have the experience and I kind of know what to avoid, what to do. I went to a, uh, movies pop-up from, um, uh, what's his universe called? The, the Kevin Smith universe. The, um, oh, what's the word? What's the, what's, what is it called? It's, it's not the clerk's universe. It's obscure. Ooh, no. It- the the view ask universe is that what they that's, call it i think that's it yeah yeah it was like a movies pop up and it was terrible <laughs> it was it was a bar that decided to sell some stuff that had the movies logo on it and i'm like well that was not what i was expecting i was yeah like mm, mm. so not everything not everything is great as any comic con sometimes people are just trying to make a buck mm. People shilling and people keeping all the booby statues away from public sight. So maybe San Diego Comic-Con isn't as glamorous as we we first thought. No. But speaking of glamorous, I got to see Chromio live. Um, Hell yeah. Absolutely love Chromio. Um, Sorry, Tilby. And I also got to (laughs) see Thrice. Um, which is a band that I don't think I've ever seen before, but has had a major part of like my life growing up. So that was that was great. It was great. It was <laughs> <laughs> it was a room full of people in their thirties wearing headphones and earpieces. It was, <laughs> so it was perfect. I've never felt so inclusive, like included, and just like, yep, this is us. This was <laughs> this is the these fandom. are my people here. These, these are, are my people. <laughs> You know, someone, I'm sure like we all, some of us had like some heartburn medicine and, you know, some, probably some, you know, joint cream as well. And we all had our protective earpieces in. Someone brought their kid and had headphones to, you know, cover their ears too. It was, it was a good that. experience. It was, it was pretty cool. So. I'm so jealous. Cause that was, they played the artist in the ambulance and they like front That's to back. That's right. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I missed it here. I stupidly didn't get tickets in time and. So I didn't get to check them out when they sort of uh, came over to our shores, but God, that would have been a special concert. It really was. It, w- it was pretty great just to experience it all live and just vibing out with everyone and just kind of, you know, having a bit of a nostalgia trip as well of a, of a time once once before. <laughs> oh, that was great. But yeah, it was it was great. Like both both Rice Chromio loved it. Like I love a good live show, and I also love a great small like kind of space to enjoy music which both mm-hmm. of these events were in so it was it was really really good 
Uh, speaking of the opposite of small spaces, I also got to experience <laughs> Joshua Tree. Absolutely gorgeous place. Absolutely it, it gorgeous. It is magical. It is magical. It is one of the most beautiful places you could ever see. Like, yeah, I've only I've only managed to go once, but it still stays with me today as far as the vibe and the environment. The wet it can get very freaking cold. Also, oh, but yeah. like um yeah, it's beautiful. It looks it's so untouched out there. Yeah, like I what they've done with um like the national park of Joshua Tree and just doing their best to preserve it, but also obviously making it accessible for people to experience. It's just absolutely stunning. Um, and speaking about like you can't be like, like it was hot, but it was also cold. And what was crazy was being in the middle of this like kind of deserty space, but then seeing a mountain in the distance that had like snow on top of it. So it's just absolutely wild seeing all those climates together. So, but yeah, like it is a pain in the ass to kind of get to. It isn't really close to anything, so it's quite the trick, but it's definitely worth it just to experience it. Like, yeah, it, like the, just the like the nature and the animals and the hikes were great and just the overall experience was wonderful. So if you can do it, I definitely recommend doing it because it's beautiful, absolutely Some beautiful. Some of the... um. Some of the the evening scenes, like the stars that you see littered across the skyline there, like you don't see many places like that that's just so, I don't know if you'd say lit up is the right word, but like you see there's a lot more star density compared to some of the other suburban areas people yeah. are used to. It's, it, it's gorgeous. It's quite a spectacle. Like it's just absolutely stunning, but it's also very popular. Like it is the it place for people to be stargazing and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's sometimes difficult to get a hot like get um a space to actually like if you want to stay the night so completely off the charts i just want everyone to know i finally ate panda express and it's good <laughs> you rated it thumbs up uh, thumbs, up, thumbs up yeah like you know classic like fast food like kind of chinese food like it's it's really good like i like the way that they do the options also they do drive through absolutely it's the best it absolutely baffles me how you do that as uh, drive through but they make it work so just giving that one a thumbs up on my like american fast food lists and stuff so i'm still Did working you, uh, my way have through you got it. a go-to uh go-to order are you an orange chicken gal no that's i'm sort of one of the not. main staples no i'm not i'm, be- I'm a beef and broccoli and szechuan szechuan beef okay. um both amazing by the way um and beef and broccoli because i'm healthy the szechuan beef absolutely cancels it out um but those are my two those are my good to go to so yum and just throwing it in there i exceeded my reading goals i kind of fell off the wagon of reading reading being a reader um so jump back on goodreads set some goals and just try to i read on my lunch breaks and some of my younger colleagues think that's weird um youths today just don't they, understand they, they don't get it they don't read them books but yeah so setting a goal of like reading books and stuff and mostly horror books but yeah it was it it's it's a good thing to achieve right? like anyone that's kind of been on the fence about like oh, i, I kind of want to get into reading but it seems like quite a commitment or maybe oh, i i don't have the book on me when i get a kindle getting a kindle has been like the best thing of making like reading and reading accessible i guess is the best way to mm-hmm. say it so um, i definitely recommend getting a kindle so yeah that, that's that's my favorite things of this year that i can remember 
probably a, a million and one other fantastic things that I've got to experience, but I figure these are the most interesting, I guess. Yeah, there's there's some good variety there. I, I'm with you. I need to buy a Kindle. Like I love physical print media and that's my trouble. Like I love having a book and the feel and the smell of a book, but I just know from an accessibility standpoint, having a Kindle and having my whole library in my hand is so much easier and I can just, you know, skim pages. It's easier to put away instead of having big bulky, you know, mm-hmm. multiple hundred page books with me at all, all sort of times. So maybe I need to treat myself. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for like the Boxing Day sales and, and pick oh, up yeah. a little little Kindle or an e-reader or whatever the, the main ones are out there and I can get judged by the youths as well when I'm sitting there reading books on my lunch break. But um, no, good list, good list. Very, yeah. very diverse, very, very mixed. And I sort of tried to do the same thing. And um, yeah, 2023 for me has been the year of the Euro trip where I somehow have gone to various countries in in and around Europe uh, three times this year. Very unexpected, nice. very expensive, but uh, you know it is what it is. You only live once, and if you can do it, why don't you? So, yeah, life off the back of this for me has changed in a very big way, and there's a lot of big things on the horizon which I'm excited for, a little bit scared for at the same time. But um, yeah, a lot of travel. It's been good after a couple of years of COVID where travel was not a thing anymore to now get out there and experience so many different cultures and different countries and you know whether it be language barriers whether it be different cuisines different social aspects like it's just been really eye-opening and put a lot of things in perspective for me so I've enjoyed that that's been good I've started actually getting into fitness a little bit this year and I'm starting to feel good I'm, I'm eating better most of the time I still like a, a cheeky pizza and, and wings and things like that, but uh, really enjoyed the the investment financially and also time-wise with the old Peloton. That bike, I, I love that thing. Like being able to sort of do classes in my own time, in my own safe space, because the big thing yeah. for me is like going to a gym solo is terrifying to me. So at least I can do my own little awkward workouts here. My form might not always be perfect, but whatnot, but it's nice that I can just get on, do my thing or do like a weights class up here in the studio and then just, you know, hop off and not worry. So that's been really nice Mm. to get into that momentum of just regular health and even just eating better. I feel a lot better and a lot more energy just day to day from just not funneling shit down my throat every day. Like I've been so used to for (laughs) decades. Yeah. So that's been nice. But I guess on the other side of that, is one of my favorite places I've discovered this year is a bakery slash cafe only open on the weekends called Moon. It's an offshoot of Loon. Anyone that knows that, it's a very high-end Instagram-y bakery that do some of the best croissants in Australia. The queues are always out the door around the corner. They're delicious, but I ain't queuing for that anytime because of croissants are croissant. But this place, they do deep-fried shoe pastry. So it's like a, the easiest way to compare it is like picture just a proper traditional rounded churro type of donut with a glaze on top or various mm-hmm. other flavors and it is next level it is mm-hmm. so good so it's become like my weekend pilgrimage where i'll go there on a saturday or a sunday take the boys get a coffee they get a little puppuccino and i get like just a little assortment of their donuts or their fried shoe pastry and they rotate in different flavors every week so you get something new every time yeah. great coffee great vibe so i've been enjoying that and um I love a pastry. I love a pastry. Dude, my donut obsession has like grown over here. Like it's crazy. There's a reason why like, actually I won't say that, but like donuts (laughs) are really good. (laughs) 
my obsession for donuts like has just like escalated there's like places here that just really nail donuts like really well like you know how in australia donuts are kind of like like chewy and thicker like they're a bit more thick on the dough like some of the places here is like light and airy and just gosh an absolute treat yeah have you got a, a favorite donut flavor that you lean towards typically? I think we've probably had this we've discussion a few times over the years. We've had this big controversy. I think it even turned into an Instagram, uh, <laughs> not Instagram, Twitter. Oh, sorry, X, formerly known as. Um, and it was the battle of like what the best flavor was. I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a maple. I, I like a, like a maple, maple bar. That's yeah. right. Yeah, which I can get behind. Mm. But like over here, I can get like an like a crazy like apple custard filled donut. Like it is crazy. It's dangerous, but good. Like yeah. And you're a you're a strawberry donut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just right. a pink glaze, just a classic simple pink glaze. That's my favy. Yeah, yeah. And then the voice of reason, which was Jono, which was like, aren't they just all the same flavor? God, <laughs> get in the bin, Jono. I bet he's like a cinnamon. Like I'm not gonna completely poo-poo on a cinnamon donut they're fantastic they're great like that's his but warm like warm yeah yeah fresh out the fryer so uh yeah moon i love what they do anyone that comes to melbourne and uh is looking for that type of good pastry experience check out moon because it's so good um a couple other ones they both sort of tie into into podcasting in general like it's been a really fun podcasting year but it's also been challenging at times as well like we had a great great first half where me and me and Ali were, were rocking and rolling and, and kicking butts and then uh you know we decided to to shift things up and and you right. had to step away for a little while shift I literally <laughs> I hit the fucking reverse <laughs> I was yeah. like I'm out <laughs> yeah. pulled pulled the uh pulled the parachute and um yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a sort of junction where I'm like, what do I do? I and I still, to be honest, I still don't know what to do. But I'm just making it work week on week and yeah. having some fun with this new little formula. But I'm having more fun with uh, the other podcasts that we launched this year with more than hentai because yeah, anime is certainly. I don't want to say it's become my personality. That's probably an embarrassing thing to say, but it's become a big part of my life. Okay, and that's I watch so much it, of yeah. it. Yeah, and I'm having so much fun with that podcast and I didn't think it would really do anything, but the fact that it's doing so well and and people are listening to it all over yonder and providing good feedback and having new people in every week, it's been a really fun experience and um, gives me an excuse to watch new things and then try and like steer people down paths for their new favorite Mm -hmm. anime, hopefully with fingers crossed. But yeah, it's been enjoyable and I've got... I've got mine set up for you, ready to roll in the new year. Did say that you finally schedule. you finally figured out which one you want me to want me to watch. So I'm very curious about which one it is. Hopefully, I haven't seen mm. it already. It's a very that's a very small pool of anime, but like <laughs> you know, the off chance. But yeah, I'd be very curious. Yeah, so I've I've taken time and I've actually like gone through a pretty exhaustive process where i've i had like a short list of maybe 10 but then i went back and watched the first episode of all them 10 to see which one's going to hit the hardest because sometimes that first episode doesn't give you the whole story well not the whole story but it doesn't get you fully on board like yeah there might be a bit of intrigue but i want something that's just gonna go whack holy shit i need more of this give it to me so i think i've i think i've landed on one and i'm excited to uh to get you to check it out and hopefully hopefully it's it's the right choice we'll see we'll see yeah, but that's um, 
that's the favorite things we've done this this year. Uh, let's talk about some of the favorite things that we've watched, and that can cover not only film, that can cover television, whether it be traditional free to air streaming, and also the anime space. So we've sort of bundled everything that's viewable on a screen into the one category here. So uh, what you got for me as far as the favorite things you've watched in twenty twenty three. I'm just going to be honest when it comes to TV. I've only been watching cooking shit. Like <laughs> that was like the news that everyone knew, like the new season of uh, was it was it crime scene kitchen. That was amazing. Oh, I didn't like, I didn't even know the new there's, season was out yet. There's two seasons. I think. <gasps> yeah. I've only watched the first. I need oh, to the second, the second season's great. They do. Sorry, everyone. If I, check out if you don't like cooking shows, um, the second season, what they do is they do home chefs against, professionals so Ooh. the professionals are fighting each other the home chefs are fighting each other and then once they get to the certain amount then they fight then they you know go against each other as well so it was brilliant it's a great great season actually and they, i'm kind of happy with how the outcome was for that one so mm-hmm. um then like you know top chef master chef and then your uh, kitchen nightmares and all the other lovely stuff that you I love are living the cooking life. I, I just love it i don't have to think and i can just enjoy it and then it's like you know it's food as well so it's like that food porn kind of thing so um yeah just so show wise i think the only thing i really took in was um obviously what we do in the shadows yes just because that's just of course why not um but i i remembered what movies i saw this year that i enjoyed my movie was good it was good i enjoyed it it, for for what it was yeah john wick 4 was good it was all right for what it was it was good um it wasn't great it was good it was long that was the biggest thing it was great but it was long it was long it was long it had some issues as well but for the most part it's still it was it was all right um and then spider-man across the spider-verse that was absolutely brilliant like i absolutely loved that movie and that experience of seeing it in the cinema so but yeah i just when it comes to taking in like long form media i'm just i just i'm not doing it anymore and i don't know what that says about me or if i don't have the attention span or i'm just the idea of like dedicating some time to something is just exhausting you know yeah, but that's you've you've well not always, but you've been like that for a long while. Like we've always talked about trying to get you to watch films and stuff, and you're like, nah, I'm a cooking cooking show or SVU gal, you know, yeah, like that, that forty five to an hour is the sweet spot, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm with you. Like I thought Mario the Super Mario Brothers movie was was fun. It exceeded my expectations. I thought it was gonna be pretty rough, but it was enjoyable, it was very pretty. Hmm. John Wick four the combat and the martial arts phenomenal, but man, it was so exhausting. Like John Wick was exhausted and I was exhausted <laughs> riding right. along with him as he fought mm-hmm. the entire universe every five minutes. Yeah. There were some cool parts to it. And then there were some not so like, why are we doing this parts? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I, the fighting got boring after a while, which says a lot. Especially the, the stair scene, like won't go into the specifics, oh. but holy guacamole, like, that went forever. Yeah. And then when he tumbled down, like, I don't think that's a major spoiler, but when he tumbled back down the stairs again, he's like, fuck, come on, really? I mean, that's kind of a spoiler. <laughs> he could have just tripped. I mean, yeah. He just tripped. It just it was a banana peel. It was a weird sort of comedic sort of moment there where John Wick slipped on a lady finger. So, yeah. That, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. But yeah, Across the Spider-Verse was stunning. It's one of the prettiest things I've ever seen in my entire life. 
just the the melting pot of all these different spider universes coming mm. together and, and seeing all the absurdity, but it still somehow worked. It was, it was inc- really cool. They, like, I know I, I think I actually did talk about this on the podcast, but like overall, like it was just an incredible collaboration of both visuals and sound and story. I just think they just did amazingly with it. And they, they did amazing if they, the movie was as long as it was. And when it reached the end, I was the one that was like, oh, it's, that's it. Like there's no mm. more. You know, that's a big, big win for a studio. Little do they know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the third piece of this uh, Spidey puzzle. It was a little bit of an abrupt ending where it's, you know, a told-to-be-continued type of scenario, which yeah. irked a few people. It but really right did. up until that moment, we had a good time. Yeah. A very good time. I want to also shout out The Creator, which was a really good science fiction film that came out this year not only from an action and an emotional and a drama standpoint, but just from a visual sense, like it was really pretty, really loved the story. Very, very big, impactful moments. Took me by surprise. I didn't really hear many people talking about it when it came out and I yeah. went to see it at the cinema and holy moly, it blew me away. So yeah, check that out. I think it's available to be, uh, you know, streamed at home now and stuff like that. Uh, it's well worth your time. Uh, and then I've just got some other anime that I just wanted to sort of shout out really quick. The second season of Jujutsu Kaisen is it's still ongoing at time of recording. I think we've got two more episodes to go in season two, but holy guacamole, the emotional trauma that I'm dealing with episode after episode at the moment is big time. And there's not many pieces of media that can sort of constantly, I guess, elevate that level of trauma and level of dread while not sort of tumbling into a heap. Like it's, it's an anime where no one is safe, where a lot of anime usually know like that cast, the the, the main ensemble cast usually feel like that's who we're going to go on this journey with forever. But in this, it feels like anyone can go at any given time. So the stakes are very real. I haven't read any of the manga and I'm trying to avoid it because I'm just enjoying this visual thing play out from MAPPA. But I know you enjoyed the first season. I, I, I turns season. out, yeah, I, I thought I finished the first season, but it's one of those things where it feels like you finished the first season, but it's like a first season part one, like, or mm-hmm. like first half or whatever. So I actually haven't finished, which is something I realized kind of recently. And because like people were talking about the next season, and I'm like, oh, cool. And then, then when I went to look, I'm like, wait, I haven't finished the first one, apparently. <laughs> and now everyone's like, what the fuck's happening with Jujutsu Kaisen? I'm like, ah, like trying to cover my eyes and ears for things that I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to be ignoring. So, but to hear it gets messed up is very interesting. So I really need to kind of sit down and finish season one part, whatever. Like, yeah. And then you've got the film that sort of slots in there too if you wanted to watch that, Jujutsu Kaisen O, which is there. Oh, okay. But with season two, they sort of do like a a prequel like or an origin story and then shift back to present day. So you get a bit of a how how Satu Gojo came to be and then it jumps back to present time where you're hanging out with Itadori and and, um, Kugasaki and people like that. So it's kind of cool you get opposite-ended storytelling going on there but oh my god it's so good some of the fight scenes holy shit they are like it is art obviously but it is just we were talking about how pretty across the spider-verse is Mm. this is up there too wanted to mention also oshinoko which is a new anime that come out this year very interesting premise i don't want to say anything because probably if i do mention anything regarding loose plot points it will probably spoil it because the first episode of the anime it's it's almost like a a movie it's like an hour episode 
Yeah. And it just sets the tone and things that happen where you feel you know what's going to go on and then it just goes this other direction. It sort of just feels like it's just going to be like this light, whimsical, you know, like J-pop type of story. And then Mm -hmm. it just goes into murder mystery and twists and turns and darkness. And it's like, whoa, okay. So really, really vibe that. I also liked that we finally got the ending of Attack on Titan after a decade. So uh, I think they stuck the landing. I don't want to go into what happens in those final chapters. I heard a lot of people are happy. Yeah, uh, that's good to see. As a person that's only, what, midway, if that. Then uh, I'm glad to hear that, like the fan base is happy with how it ended. Because yeah, anime yeah, fans, it. the animation style was still a little jarring. Shifting oh, okay. from from wit into Mappa for this final season was a little jarring. Like it's still stunning and gorgeously animated, but you can just see the the slight differences as far as how the studios handle their their art. So sure. that was still like a bit of a. I don't know, but overall the storytelling, very big, very bold, very emotional. And then the last one I wanted to mention is an anime that started this this year. It's currently airing at the moment. We haven't finished this first season called Freerun, Beyond Journey's End. Mm. And it's anime done by Madhouse. It's a fantasy anime where you're following Freerun, who's this uh, elf mage. She's like 5,000 years old, but instead of it just being, you know, this whimsical journey it's sort of set where her and her team have just defeated the demon king and it's also like you know what happens next then where she sees her party members age out and die and so it's it's very real it's about sort of those little small moments it's not all about the big grand spectacle and the the big abilities going off and the death and what oh there is death but like the fights (laughs) and the sword play it's more about those human or elf moments here where what happens next so you just see her sort of living life and then taking on an apprentice and just seeing these sort of time jumps where it not it's not minutes it's years because they've played it out in that kind of capacity so it's, sure. it's a really 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 well told story the animation from madhouse is, is stunning and the soundtrack is great and yeah it's it's awesome it's got some like i don't want to say lord of the rings vibes but as far as live action where you know where they do have those little small moments where they just sure. let it sort of fester and resonate they yeah. do a lot of that with free run and it's so good it's so fun it's one of my favorite animes of the year i'm still gonna have to look into this oshinoko one because if, mm. if it really gets messed up then that's probably something i want to know about <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'll uh, i'll share you my login to high dive and you can check it out on there and, and you can finally check out your boy kong ming god damn yeah. it <laughs> which is also amazing <laughs> So that is our that is our favorite things we've watched. We might shift into favorite characters, and that can not only encompass you know film, TV, video games, everything else in between. So, some of your favorite people or things from twenty twenty three. I don't know why I found this really hard. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> one of my favorite characters. So I took a really weird route with it, and I mostly vid- actually only video games. I have, my first one is Riptide. Full disclosure, mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty, um, <laughs> like a lot. Like I I probably vowed that I was never going to get back into Call of Duty. Points to you guys. You got me back in. I'm a, I'm a little obsessed again. It's it's still a nasty place to play, um, you know, PvP, but some, some things about running around with a baton and fucking donking people in the head with it, it's just so <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I, I Mine's already platinum, just so people know. Like that's how much I've been using the baton. But yeah, my favorite character is a character called Riptide. He's uh, wearing like a, I'm probably going to get like 
kit for this, but he's just he, to me he's wearing like a rag on his head, <laughs> just, like, okay. just like just like a rag, which was the thing that I love the most because I'm like this guy can't see shit, and um he's like a his character is like French, but uh, my friends and my husband when we play the one thing you hear my character constantly saying is he just needs the electrolytes. I just need the electrolytes and I love it. I love it. It doesn't like, it's just so stupid. So he's my guy. He's my guy. So if you see someone with like a platinum gold baton running around with a rag over their head, it's me. Yeah. I'm looking the, the character model does look pretty damn cool. I, I like the, uh, the rag or the, mm-hmm. I don't, what else do you call that? Like, I don't know. Mesh. <laughs> yeah. Like mesh. Like you wouldn't call it a blanket. Like. No, it's, it, it is like, it is a kind of like mesh and I'm sure it has purpose. I'm sure a lot of people will love to tell me what the actual purpose is. But to me, it is a person in a game that has the same uh, ability to see what they're doing. Like me, I have no idea what I'm doing in Call of Duty and it don't matter. My baton going to donk your head. And I'm gonna, you know, your platinum baton. My my platinum baton. That's a lot of donk your I'm head yeah. to get a platinum baton. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> See me running around your maps, donking you in the back of the head. It's great. It literally <laughs> makes a noise too. By the way, it makes like a dunk noise. It's great. It's very therapeutic. I recommend it. Um, second character is Chai from uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Once again, I, you're going to probably hear about it later. I absolutely loved Hi-Fi Rush, but there was something incredible about this character of Chai, who is, you know, like a smart, talking, cool guy, too big for his britches, you know, hero, um, voiced by Robbie Damon, who does a lot of anime and a lot of video game characters. But the character is so damn lovable, and not one moment was I ever annoyed by him and his shenanigans and his, you know, his manner. And I think that is just great writing for a character. Um, because like a main character can ruin an experience for a game. Like you could enjoy a game's mechanics and story, but then the main character could be just so damn annoying that that will just tarnish the experience for you. So, um, I just think Chai was a really lovable character to play for such an amazing game. So, um, shout out to Chai. And then, um, (laughs) this character, it's the character's name is Undying Sorrow. This is kind of same thing as Call of Duty. So I now have a designated character in Fortnite. You will find me in Fortnite as this demon dying character but Undying Sorrow. I think there's a picture on Twitter that I posted about her as soon as she was released. I was like, I found my character. So much so that like uh, in community competitions of playing Fortnite community events, that's my character. So like, that's what I'm known as. That's me. So I couldn't be more thrilled with it. It's a great character. And like, when I saw it on the docket, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know which skin that is. And then I've just Googled it now. And I'm like, yep, that's, that's, that's the one. The one. <laughs> that's, that's Ali. All right. And, um, and it's such a creepy looking skin, but it, it's also a great looking skin. It, too. Like it's a really well-designed skin, but for the most part, for probably a more like grounded people, it is messed up it is a really messed up looking skin and it's people probably think it's absolutely disgusting that i love it so much but she's my gal and she's my representation in Fortnite. so you know see me on the see me on the 
I don't even know what the maps, the areas of the maps of Fortnite are yeah. called anymore. It's changed see me, recently. See me at Frenzy Fields. Or, yeah, uh, see me on the Grand, train. Grand Station or whatever it is. Like the, the new map's great, but man, some of those hot drops in and around the medallions. It's rough. Oh my goodness. It is rough. It is absolutely rough. That's why like I now have Call of Duty to kind of like switch between the two. Oh my gosh. I don't know how many times switching between those two games and next thing you know, I'm throwing grenades at doors. It is bad. <laughs> it is so <laughs> bad. Which which uh which universe do you find to be the sweatier of the two? Is would like, sweatier? I'm just oh, Call it's of Call of Duty. Duty. It is yeah. Call of Duty by a long shot. I find myself in most lobbies with the sweats. Fortnite will you will encounter some very sweaty kids. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. they're kids. I can only assume a child can only have that much time to dedicate to being like that overpowered in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah like. Call of Duty is just more consistent, and you can you can see when people are seething in that thing. But plus, oh, actually, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. Oh, yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait till we talk about things later on. But yeah, either way, yeah. (laughs) I'm dying. Sorry. Fine. See my dead ass on Fortnite. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, my character list. I've I've got four that I wanted to shout out. The first one we loosely mentioned earlier uh, regarding what we do in the shadows. I wanted to shout out Laszlo Craven by Matt Berry. So good. He's he's just the greatest. I love him in everything, but him as Laszlo absolutely kills me. He's he's dropped some of the best one-liners in media history or at least recent media history that just make me cackle so loud every time I see him on screen because you just never know what you're going to get. And there's so much ad-libbing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the New York City is one of my favorites, but he just keeps going from strength to strength. And the good thing is what we do in the shadows is maintaining that consistent greatness too. Yes. Like, this was what, season four or was it season five? I think, it's, I think it's season five because I think they only announced yeah. recently that they're ending it with season six. Yeah, which makes me sad, but I at least like that we're going to get an ending. Yes, I'm I respect gonna that. I'm going to plan towards a resolution because there's only so much craziness and zaniness, I guess, you could get out of this vampiric stone. But they're they're doing it episode after episode. And, yeah, Laszlo being at the forefront kills it. I love him. It is a cast of characters where everyone holds their own. They're all unique characters in their own sense. They're all incredible actors, and yet they still hold, like, the, the cast equally. Like, mm. yeah, granted, everyone, yeah, come on. We all we all love that character. Like, Matt Berry is incredible. How can you not love his? But everyone else, like, still does amazing. And they've done great with the show. They've kept it consistent. Like, I still can't believe, like, when they told us that they're making a TV show, I'm like, really? And they just absolutely nailed it. The v- vibes and everything, like, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really special. Anyone that hasn't seen it yet, do yourselves a favor and check it out, especially if you're looking for something that's going to make you laugh because it is genuinely laugh out loud funny and, yeah, the premise is absurd but it works. It works. Like Ali said, the cast is phenomenal, the pacing, the writing, the the sets and some of the absurd lunacy that happens in it just it's just like yeah this this is a world that just i get an incredible guest cast too they have incredible actors as guests on this show as well it's it's amazing it's fantastic yeah jackie daytona when Uh, he meets uh mark hamill is still one of my favorite scenes in the entirety of uh what we do in the shadows yeah shout out to shout out to laszlo shout out also i I talked about free room beyond journey's end but i just wanted to shout out to free room the character she's She's so funny and so 
aloof because I guess time doesn't really matter to her so much because she's an elf, she's 5,000 years old, like mm-hmm. what people's lifetimes they equate to for her as like minutes or, or not minutes but like a, a, a fleeting moment. So yeah. it's kind of interesting to see that juxtaposition even though she's yeah thousands of years old she's still got this very curious young mindset and she's in that almost that like young adult bratty stage which kind of works and, mm-hmm. and she's just funny and it's a really cool character and she's one of the main reasons why free runs such a great anime that's worth checking out i also want to shout out to uh to daddy pedro pascal oh, who yeah. played joel in the last of us this year that was this year was it yeah january holy moly yeah yeah so there was some skepticism obviously with the casting of of joel and elliot at first but uh i I felt that pedro absolutely crushed it and i reckon they're gonna take home a lot of awards come award season uh over the coming months so yeah pedro nailed nailed just that gruffness but also the the kindness and the softness that joel has from the game i think he translated to screen with that and the last one, uh, I just wanted to shout out the entire cast just about of Baldur's Gate 3 because oh. holy guacamole is that game special. The the voice work, the mocap work, the animation, the soundtrack, you name it, this game just oozes quality. And whether it be Astarian, Shadowheart, Gale, Will, Carlac, Halston, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. they're all great. They're all unique and you can have so many great experiences and interactions with them that I just love that main supporting cast, but then just the ancillary nothing characters you meet along the way for side quests and stuff. Like, yeah. it is so good. The cast are great. Like, I love seeing their little experiences online. Like, they like um, a lot of them love the uh, fan art. Uh, some of them love the, like, I think it's like Tumblr posts, and they all, mm-hmm. like, will quote, like, lines that people have kind of given these characters and stuff like that. It just looks like it's an incredible cast. They had a lot of fun with it, and they made these incredible characters. Like, they they really put themselves into these wonderful characters and make them so lovable and real and thought out. Like, uh, Neil, um, he, the voice actor of Assyrian, he, he won voice... Yeah, he won Best Performance That's at it, yeah. uh, the Game Awards That's just, uh, what, two weeks or so ago now. Yeah, so, you know, like they've done amazingly and uh, it's good to see them get the accolades too. Yeah, very, very justified. And, and anyone that hasn't played Baldur's Gate 3, seriously pick it up. It's it's on PlayStation, it's on Xbox now, it's on PC. So if you've got one of the big three primaries, I'm not going to dismiss Nintendo, but you the three Do it. Uh, primaries from a power perspective, yeah, get your hands on a copy of it. And if you're already playing it on PC and now you want to move to Xbox, that's fine because it's cross-save. So your save nice. and your timing can carry straight across. All right, so there are our favorite characters. Let's talk about the favorite things that we've played in 2023 for the first time. Miss Hart, I see you've got a, a good assortment here. We've got a couple of crossovers that we can talk about as well, but uh, where do you want to take this conversation? All right, so my number like my number one favorite game that came out very early this year, and I, I think I even said this is probably a high contender of my game of the year, and it probably still is, um, was Hi-Fi Rush. Mm-hmm. absolute sleeper just came out of nowhere like here's this game it's about music and you know you're encouraged to fight to rhythm i'm like i'm listening i'm <laughs> listening uh absolute banger soundtrack incredible characters incredible uh art style game design uh, it's just a fun spirit experience from start to finish um incredible a game that i felt like was made for me 
100%. So, um, yeah, absolutely love this game and will always sing its praises, recommend it, and it's at the top of my list. It's so great. And it's awesome to see Tango, I guess, step out of their comfort zone when they've been known oh, yeah. for survival horror with Evil Within franchise predominantly. And then they bring out something like Hi-Fi Rush that is so far removed from that survival horror universe and also that they yeah step out of that comfort zone but they nail it like hi-fi rush is super fun to play i agree with everything you said and it's it's one of the i don't know if you'd call it a sleeper hit still of 2023 it is people are forgetting to put it on their lists yeah Uh, so many people are forgetting about it and to be fair it's a very intense year of gaming but there are a lot of people because it was so early like i forgot the last of us but like there's, it's so early on in the year that a lot of people kind of forget that like this game mm-hmm. came out and it was such a it was such a great hit. Yeah, but the next one, I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't rank people forgotten. People are still playing Diablo. Some I'm people, still dabbling with Diablo. I thought about going back because I got an ending email that I got something for free for Christmas. Um, Diablo Four. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, uh, so Diablo Four was phenomenal. Like the the get go of like the, its release, we were all playing it. We were all enjoying it. Uh, it, it was fine. It was. I'm not going to deny the fact that I had an incredible time when Diablo Four dropped. Its biggest issue was that it decided to hit reset (laughs) and a lot of time and dedication kind of just went into the wind for me. And then I was like, I don't want to do this again. I I, I, like, I I think it kind of made me feel like, what's the point? Like it just got taken away. So I started like backing away from it, unfortunately, but I'm not going to deny the fact of the fun and experience that I had when it initially released. And that first, was it a season? Did they call it a season? Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was a lot of fun. It was incredible. Yeah, I um I'm in agreement with you there. Like I've been jumping in intermittently with Diablo when it dropped earlier this year in June, was fully in, in engrossed, loved my little sorcerer, loved having a good time with her, kicking all the butts. But then finding out that with the next season they get retired to some other realm where you can't play new seasonal content, you're like, yeah why are you disrespecting all the time and effort I've put in to get this character to this level and now they can't continue this journey with me? So that was a bit of an annoying thing. I know that's like a Diablo archetype that they've rolled out in the last sort of several years with their seasonal drops, but it's like, come on, man, like respect the new player's time. Like it's pretty jarring for a new player in this world to be invested. And it's like, sorry, all that work you did means nothing anymore. Start again or go play the same content you've just did and level that way. So I was like, eh, mm. a bit frustrating, but I've, I've been really ripping in with this current season, the, like the vampiric theme one. So I've gotten, oh. uh, this character is the highest level that I've ever had. So this, um, this necromancer, I think she's at 92. Now I'm going to get it to a hundred before mm. the new season rolls around. I think the second week of January. So I've got a few weeks up my sleeve because I want at least to get one character to a hundred because the first, two seasons it was like 75 and then 78 or something so close but no cigar so i'm gonna to get to the 100 and then see what this next season will drop happens in january but then it's like what class do you play like i want to try and experience new things but i don't really have interest in like a barb or um a druid so i don't know what to do there yeah i'm trying to think like when they did the reset where did i gravitate towards oh i made a barbarian I mean, what did I fucking name her? I named her something like Death by Snoo Snoo. Um, 
it like it's okay but it's not my way that I play things like I I yeah. am more of a distance kind of player like in any game for most things apart from with my platinum baton uh in Call of Duty uh, mm-hmm. but yeah so like going from sorcerer to barbarian was just a little hmm it, it it felt it was jarring it was very very jarring yeah maybe, maybe i'll roll back to sorcerer because there's this new lightning meta that they're doing now which is just absurd like it just one shots everything which oh. i don't know if that will take the fun out of it doing it like to be that over overpowered but who knows who knows that the next one we got fun. um on both our lists as well something we, we talked about a little bit earlier yeah fortnite has been a fantastic like game for most of the year I'm going to be an anti-OG person. Um, when they mm-hmm. released the OG map and the OG play style, I hated it. Like, it was... I, I did too. It's okay. It was rough. It was rough. The maps felt empty. The gameplay felt empty. I constantly felt like I was dropping somewhere and just running around for no, like for such long periods of time. But for everything before and now after it, back and having fun having a ball absolutely loving it and now they have done the most incredible thing that they could have ever done that i would have never have picked but i'm all for it they added a like a good tiger they added a rhythm game lord knows i've been playing it i'm always (laughs) (laughs) i'm always playing on like epic difficulty i think it's called like they've got great songs some some mostly great songs there is some bangers in there There are some great songs on there Uh, i apologize to every no i don't i don't apologize you can put up with it i will be hitting butterbon all the time and i love i love that you can play the songs like in the middle of a in the middle of a match yeah like it was hilarious uh, my group like the four of us we went to the highest peak of this mountain and we started playing like butterbon at the very very peak and then it was funny because like this and this person came up and they stood there for a bit watching us and it was it was an enemy but i think they were kind of like is this <laughs> what is this <laughs> yeah, the exact same thing this past week where we were jamming out we had the the little quartet there jamming in the snow area as well funnily enough and an enemy rolls up and i could see them out of the corner eyes i'm hitting my drums they rolled up and then they started doing the dance emote as we were fighting as we were jamming out and then i'm like hmm someone's gonna have to end this eventually Mm -hmm. and it's gonna end up in bloodshed so i i dropped the drum skins and just went pow 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 killed him and then we went back to jamming but it was just these weird moments that you can't find in any other game. Exactly. And that's what makes Fortnite special. You know what? That's exactly it. It's just Fortnite just offers these very, or, or like, strange, original, organic experiences that you can't really experience in the other, like, PvPs and Battle Royale games. So mm-hmm. I love it. I, I'm, I'm having a blast. Lego Fortnite all right just about to ask it's it's fun but it's it's a little it's it's shallow thank you shallow is a good way to describe it like i kind of got into it but then after like dying and not making solid progress like i don't feel like i was getting like rewarded for the time and commitment that i was putting into i felt like i was hitting a lot of walls so it was fine but i kind of have already backed away from lego fortnite Mm. like it's not it's not minecraft people calling it minecraft killing and jump is nowhere near it yeah I, I think like if they keep investing and building it out more i reckon it really could get up there to rival a minecraft or a roblox especially because it's free but like 
right now it's it's definitely Minecraft light where there's some fun building mechanics, there's some exploration and combat and stuff, but it's nowhere near as deep at the moment. So hopefully yeah. that'll change because, yeah, I was enjoying my time with it this week, but then it got to a point where I'm like, you know what, I'm sick of going into this same cave and mining the same resource and ferrying it back to try and build this shit. And also the building where you've got to go like piece by piece can be really, really monotonous and frustrating and there's no reward to it in my honest opinion when you're kind of just putting the blocks in like i understand Mm. what they're trying to replicate but i'm not getting like that rewarding sensation from it so yeah that that can go that can go uh speaking of shooting people um (laughs) call of duty one warfare three like i said uh genuinely surprised i i'm back on call of duty Shout out to my husband who, like, you know, essentially just kept on playing it and then was like, just try it, just try it. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll just try it. And, yeah, I'm I'm addicted. Uh, I won't go into it too much to it because it's Call of Duty. There's not much to it. For the most part, it's, like, still a toxic environment. So, you know, just turn off the game chat and ignore all that kind of stuff. Proximity chat is a bit nasty. Yeah, it's rough. It can be rough. So just stay away from all that. Most most handling is actually pretty good. The gun gun handling and most weapon handling is pretty fun. Do melee attacks. People will hate you, but you will love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, Nothing like running around the map with a knife and just stabbing people. It's great. Um, Put that on the box art next year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Me with the thumbs up. Uh, and that, that's all I'll say about Call of Duty. And my final one is Pizza Tower, which is like a little indie platformer, WarioWare like kind of little, like just it is, it is just like, like it feels like a Nickelodeon kind of game. It feels like a old school game that like was taken from my past and brought into the present. And it's just fun and ridiculous and challenging. There's a great element that makes you have that replayability of it i i don't hear a lot of people talking about it anymore which is i guess okay because like it was more at the start of the year as well but um i genuinely surprised like how well they like kind of just brought out this crazy looking game and how much fun it actually was to play hmm. yeah i still haven't played a minute of pizza tower but it was nice to see it was in the nominations for best debut indie game or best, uh, you yeah, know, in in the game awards this past week. But uh, even if they would have won, they wouldn't have got any airtime because uh, Jeff Keighley. But yeah, it looks fun. I need I've got it wish listed on my Steam, so maybe I should uh, invest in a bit of Pizza Tower over the Christmas break. I will say, if you're a person that has like a Steam Deck or one of those portable devices which you can play your Steam games on. It's perfect for it. It is perfect mm. for it. So if you have one of those, definitely get it. There you go. I might uh, knock the dust off the Rog Ally because uh, that thing has quickly been parked in the cupboard after <laughs> a few oh, weeks of use and now where I'm like. went to get it, man. Like mine too, mine too. Um, I have a problem with it where it's just like, like I don't like how quickly it dies. I was like, going to say the battery on it sucks. It's rough. So you kind of have to just plug yourself into the wall while playing mm. it and and yeah, like it sucks because like there's a lot of great things about it, but just that little element, like you can't get into a game and be away from the wall. Like you can't use it for its portability, like which is which what is, is what a handheld yeah, exactly, should be about, right? Exactly right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's cool. I can play these very detailed PC games on this device, but it doesn't mean shit if it's like gonna die in like 30 minutes or 40 mm-hmm. minutes or whatever. So. Asus, yeah, great, great bit of kit, but yeah, sadly the. 
the portability is great, but it's short term because yeah, after after an hour or so, you can see that battery starting to wane yeah. in a big way, which sucks. And drop the quality, it still doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But something that is full of quality and does not suck is Alan Wake 2 by Remedy. <laughs> it is one of my favorite things I've played this year. It is special in every sense of the word. It is such a unique game. It is such a unique story and the mixed media that they weave into this storytelling. Like if you say it, like if you gave me the the broad pitch uh, in a very condensed term, I'd be like, that that wouldn't work. That sounds silly. How are they going to be able to weave these genre changes and shifting from from live action to the video game, like to a digital space and back and forth, but it like it works and it works so well and it is creepy. It is fun it is haunting it is visually stunning my goodness gracious it is amazing and and this is like remedy firing on all cylinders like it is getting nominated and winning many a game of the year award and it's completely justified because it's special the storytelling is unlike just about anything out there and i am all for anything that can sort of throw me back into uh like thriller science fiction suspense of the 90s where you get that Twin Peaks vibe, that X-Files vibe, all that kind of stuff, that pulpy, creepy, unsettling. That's what Alan Wake does. And oh, I love me some Alan Wake too. Alan Wake is this funny thing where it was like when the first Alan Wake comes out, a lot of people said to me like, Ali, you should play Alan Wake. It, Alan Wake seems like your kind of game. I'm like, eh, it's a scary game. Like I appreciate it. Like, you know, but it, to me, it looks like it's a scary game. I'm good. I'm good. Then Alan Wake 2 comes out and people are already saying like by the trailer, like, come on, like, Ali, this looks like your kind of game. Like, I agree. It looks great. It looks like my kind of game. Like, but I'm sorry. Like, it's too scary. I'm not going to play it. (laughs) Then they put a metal musical in there. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this game being made for me that I just Mm -hmm. I can't compel myself to play? This is unfair. So maybe I will have to play Alan Wake because like uh, that was like that was like the cherry on top. It's got FMV in it now. Like the the, like it's like they were building this game for me. Like, come on. Like, it's here. It's for you. This is your game. Play it. All that's missing is a platinum baton in this game. And otherwise, <laughs> and a it co- is And a cooking, a cooking uh, <laughs> level, uh, unless there is one. Um, but yeah, I... I like... I don't... Like, I'm going to be honest. I've actually, ever since the Game Awards, I've been listening to that song. It is a banger. Holy shit. Like, I've actually been... Like, it's on my loop lately. I've been listening to it actually a lot. So I'm like, I, I need to... Like, thanks to Herald of Darkness, I need to, like... I might have to actually really get into Alan Wake because like if there was anything that do. if there was anything that was gonna sell me on a game, it was gonna be a metal musical. So I hope you do. And and maybe just like watch a recap video on Alan Wake One. Like Alan Wake One's a great game, but this is That's what my question was gonna be. Do I put the time into Alan Wake One or do I just skip it and get to I, I think just knowing you as a human. I reckon just watch like a recap video on YouTube and then play <laughs> Alan Wake 2 because I know you're very particular with your time. Yeah, yeah. That's that's and a one's very great. good, honest answer from a friend. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. So just, just watch a recap, then jump straight on into Alan Wake 2 and have the best goddamn time. Sounds good. Yeah. Mentioned briefly Baldur's Gate with the, the characters earlier, but yeah, Baldur's Gate 3, don't need to really add too much to this because... The game is special. The game yeah. is immense and huge and open. And 
it is the the ultimate sandbox. Like you choose what you want to do, how you want to do it, what kind of crazy or straight lace tactics you want to do to get from point A to point B. And then you just let it play out. Like this is Dungeons and Dragons, the video game times a gajillion, like because it's so pretty. The soundtrack's great. We already talked about how great the animation, the vocal uh, work was done by all the various very talented uh, performers that lended their skills and time to this game. And yeah, it's it's one of the greatest games I've played that I can remember, irrespective of this year or any year. Like it is so great and it just plays well. I was playing it on my ROG a little bit here and there. Oh, that actually lasts about seven seconds, but it worked. Baldur's yeah. Gate 3 worked on the ROG, played it on PC. Now I'm playing it on my Xbox and it's just phenomenal. And I hope we get many, many, many more games from Larian in this franchise moving forward because they are just in some rare air at the moment. And yeah, it's deserving of all the, uh, the accolades that it is winning all over the world at the moment too. Yes. It feels like a reward for all us old school PC gamers that have been kind of like, these games have been good this entire time. We've been telling you, but yeah, I like, I, I, I didn't put it on my list only because I had some bad experiences with it in the sense that I had some save breaks and then just absolutely getting obliterated and losing a lot of progress where I'm I'm not a saver. I'm not a chronic saver and I can't mm. play that way. And it, it obviously is my downfall in this game. So I just had a few bad experiences like that. But for, for what I did play, I loved it a lot. I love these characters, like the acting, the choices, the options, dressing my characters. Hello. But yeah. I, I I think it deserves every uh, amazing thing that's being said about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Something else that um, I was pleasantly surprised by was the remake of Dead Space that oh, came yeah. out at the front of this year as well by EA Motive. There was some hesitancy there about, oh, do we need another Dead Space, especially off the back of Callisto Protocol that came out in the back end of 2022 mm-hmm. and it was fine. But Dead Space remake was so good and so fucking creepy and unsettling and visceral and great it was the evolution of dead space and i hope we get more of these games done um, in this franchise remade or or reimagined or whatever they want to do or whether they want to take this story but yeah it is it is special and like you were talking about earlier because it came out so early in the year no one's really talking about it yeah, or maybe remembering true. that it was a, a 2023 drop. So I just wanted to to send some love to EA Motive there because, yeah, it was a banger. Check out the spoiler cast that Jono and myself did on Dead Space Remake way back when because it's worth a listen as well. Yeah. also wanted to throw some love towards Dredge, which was their debut indie title release from Black Salt Games, our friends over in New Zealand, which is winning many, many an award and getting many accolades at the moment. They're doing like crossover dlc with dave the diver another well i can't call it an indie anymore but another game that came out in 2023 it's phenomenal fishing sim mixed with some mystery mixed with some suspense mixed with a great art style and a really nice solid soundtrack just makes for a great game and dredge is one of my favorites of the year me and you got really spoiled for games that are very much our thing this year didn't we Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, we were eating well this year, Miss Hart. We, we, had, we had a lot of games that we feel were, were made for us in parentheses. And um, another one that was definitely made for me was the Resident Evil 4 remake. It was another one that came out in sort of that first quarter of 2023 that's, I wouldn't say forgotten about anymore. It was in the Game of the Year shortlist for nominations yeah. and stuff. And it is so freaking good. It is more of the greatness that is the most recent 
reimaginings of Resident Evil, but Resident Evil 4 where it pivoted into that action route. So you sort of see where they took a left instead of going right with their tried and true survival horror sort of archetype. And mm-hmm. it's it's pretty, the gunplay is great. The characters are great. You still get some of that absurd cheese that Resident Evil is known for as far as the writing and the vocal delivery and just the, the weird quirkiness that they weave in amidst people getting, you know, their faces ripped off and you blowing heads off zombies and cutting stuff in half. Like, so you get this weird juxtaposition with tone, but it works. It feels good. I cannot wait for more of it. I played the Ada Wong DLC a couple of months ago. It was also great. So if they just want to keep re reimagining these games every few years, awesome. Please give me Dino Crisis. I know I say that every year, but where's my Dino Crisis remake? But give that man his we Dino get Resident Crisis. Evil 1. Yeah, where is it? God damn it. But Resident Evil 4 remake, very special. And the last one that I've only just rolled credits on last night was Spider-Man oh. 2 by Insomniac. Our hearts do go out to everyone involved in Insomniac off the whole cybersecurity attack and then the the leaking of copious amounts of data. We're not going to unpack any of that now, but no. that fucking sucks. It's horrible and I hope everyone working there are doing okay, all things considered. But Spider-Man 2 further builds on the greatness that is the original Spider-Man from Insomniac as well as the Miles Morales uh, offshoot that they've done, bringing those two leads together, incorporating and building out this world in a great way, adding meaningful characters into this universe, adding meaningful like fetch quests for just random collectibles and just weaving that in instead of just go get a backpack and actually warrants why you do it and the yeah. world gets expanded on more it's visually stunning there isn't many cooler things in video games than web slinging and especially like when it's done so so bright and it's so smooth and so fluid so just zipping around various parts of new york effortlessly and then dropping down chaining combos together and just being a badass friendly neighborhood spider-man never gets old and mm-hmm. spider-man 2 like we've been eating well, like it is up there. And for people that do say it's game of the year, I'm like, I'm not going to dismiss that. It is awesome. It is special, but there's just some other games that are slightly more special in my opinion this year, but Spider-Man 2, chef's kiss, 8-bit approved, thumbs up, all the good stuff. I love me some Spidey. Yeah, I, I as a person that really couldn't get into the Spider-Man games, like <laughs> I, I kind of like... I, I, you know everyone has a game of the year like award shows and everything like that they don't mean jack if you if that was your game of the year it was your game of the year so but we were like it was a crazy year it was a crazy year for talented people out there bringing out incredible games for us all and i mean we are so lucky obviously uh, everything else surrounding the gaming space not so great um hopefully those of us that have got to experience these amazing titles this year can do a little bit more to support those out there that um are making them because if no one supports them then the games don't get made <laughs> exactly exactly and, and it's it's such a sad contrast where you see all these stats about gaming's never been more profitable look at all the growth look at all this like multi-billion dollar industry and then it's like oh so look at the nine thousand odd people that have been fired and let go this year so it's mm-hmm pretty fucked so the sooner this industry unionizes that's the word unionizes and adds a little bit of safety and security for these very talented individuals making making this art that we just gush about the better because that industry with all the money that's getting injected and also the profits that are coming off this industry there should be so much more safety and security for these people because right now like 
if my non-existent child was like, hey, I want to work in games, dad, and I want to make games, I'll be like, mm, maybe, maybe look at a few other options because it feels like that industry just chews you up and spits you out and it's a scary place to be. So yeah, yeah I hope it stabilizes. Same, same. Yeah. We ate well this year. We like we didn't even talk about uh, Legend of the Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which is also a game that everyone's horny for. Like That's it's not true. my wheelhouse, which is fine. I didn't Everyone play else, it. and like you said, I think you nailed it. Where you said, you know, if that's your game of the year, that's your game of the year. Don't don't let anyone shame you. Don't let anyone yuck your yum. Where if whatever the game is, if that's your game of the year, own it and and just uh, you know fly that flag. Like Ali said. Let the developers know how much you love that game. Mm-hmm. You know, send them, send them. If you're active on social media, send them a tweet or an X or an Instagram post or whatever. Just let them know because right now, I'd say well, these devs are feeling a little, little worried, a little unloved with everything else going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, I think it's a great idea. Just like getting out there and telling them like what they mean like that you love their artwork because like in a lot of industries you will always hear the angry you'll always hear the 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 rancid people out there and the 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 good comments usually fall short so it's always good to kind of throw that into the universe and regardless honestly what you do or where you're where you're at gaming retail work healthcare, just you know tell people you appreciate what they do yeah, just just pay it forward. It takes takes nothing, time and money wise to be kind. So just uh, yeah, spread that positive karma and those those positive words out there to the people that are doing the things that you appreciate. Because uh, yeah, it's a tough time of year, especially now. So uh, those good words could hopefully get them through another day and, and keep them feeling feeling good, Hell feeling yeah. safe. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! But Miss Hart, that brings us to the official end of our favorite things episode for 2023. Thank you so much for dusting off that microphone and joining me here in the studio. It's uh, it's felt good. It's felt familiar. And yeah. did it feel just like riding a bike? I reckon I didn't see you crash once. So I think you nailed it. I nailed it. This is a fucking unicycle. Like it was absolutely, <laughs> it was an experience. It was good to I was be gonna back. I Penny Farthing. Oh, we're fancy now. <laughs> but it was good. It's good to be back and it's good to kind of just get, you know, get those gaming pop culture, uh, conversations out and there's probably a million more that I missed out on but I'm I'm happy that I got to be here for the the good the favorites and I got to be here with my favorite podcasting host so couldn't couldn't have had a better last podcast of the year hell yeah hell yeah and um no I appreciate you appreciate all you do and yeah you'll you'll forever be my podcast ride or die so hopefully this isn't the last time we see you. No, apparently I got holding out hope. The the door's always open. I've got to apparently watch an anime. Yes, yes, and then who knows? Who knows what stems off from there? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's exciting times. But listeners, thank you as always for stopping on by. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe this podcast and all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular, because those ratings and reviews help keep the lights on in our hearts. And it takes no time, costs no money, and like we said just before, just pay those good vibes forward. Mm-hmm. But you can follow us as a whole at We Are 8 Bit. You can follow Ali at Miss Ali Hart. And you can follow myself at Brendan 8 Bit. But I guess it's time to say goodbye for uh, you know just about the last time for 2023. Mm-hmm. So until next time, 8 Bit Nation, much love. And stay hungry. We'll see you around.